Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles. And last week, I dove into the real challenge of imposter syndrome, and I got a lot of really great feedback. I am still replying to a lot of the messages I got, and which have been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I got a couple of side comments, but, you know, we always do. But I'm working to schedule a deeper dive into imposter syndrome with an expert in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. We're going to we're going to go a little bit deeper into it. But I wanted to kind of follow up on that with uh, some things that came in the aftermath of, of doing the show. And so with some of the work I've been doing this week, some of the questions that came up about handling imposter syndrome and whatnot, you know, people wanting to know more about how to help deal with it and work with it and work around it. Well, I was on a call and I was talking to a friend of mine. I've got a piece I'm working on that's for an upcoming book. And we were just sort of doing one of our usual catch-ups. And we were kind of talking through the show and they had some questions on it. And I had one of these kind of odd moments of, of realization. Um, and so a couple of weeks ago, I hosted a show on Continual. We were talking about Indiana Jones fandom. Uh, we were talking through some of our favorite moments and quotes. And you may be coming and saying, what does this have to do with imposter syndrome? And I apologize, but I'm about to get a little armchair philosophical here. So on the panel, one of the things that we we've started going down the, the line of was talking about some of our favorite scenes, some of our favorite quotes. And one of the ones that came up is one of my personal favorites is the entire scene where only the penitent man shall pass. You know, it's that idea of having Neil, well, you know, all this other stuff. But it was this idea of sometimes if you keep marching forward, you're going to get your head chopped off. Um, and for some reason, this started flowing through my head while we were talking about imposter syndrome and, and some of these things. It's some of the odd ways that things work in my head. And so we, we started talking about this and my friend was like, okay. How can I deal with some of the imposter syndrome stuff he's got going on? And this is somebody who is pretty well accomplished in life. They've done a lot of stuff, a lot of success, a lot of financial success. And he wanted to know kind of how I deal with some of my own bouts of doubt and things that we we frequently talk about. And, you know, we kind of sometimes are playing that self-supporting role. And no matter what you've done, no matter how successful you've been financially, reputationally, whatever else the case may be, still there's times where stuff doesn't work. You know, there's still times where we look and go, why the hell am I doing this? Or why should I take a particular risk? You know, whatever the case may be. And as we were talking through this, you know, we, we it, kind of went through this whole man maneuver of what do we do? How do we approach it? And I, I kind of had this weird realization. And I guess in my old age, I'm kind of just having to acknowledge having a little bit of a sense of humility. Now, undoubtedly, a bunch of my friends, family, anybody else listening to this that might have just heard this, as well as a bunch of people that may be used to seeing and hearing me, probably all just snorted. Um, maybe you even you know snorted something out of your nose. It's fine. But it's one of those things where I kind of have challenges with what the word means and what it's become. 
right? I, I frequently have heard the idea of humility and authenticity and some of these things being thrown around. And often I don't think that word means what those people think it means. Um, so what is humility to me? What does it lead to? What are the benefits of humility and how I'm going to define it? Um, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. I've read a fair amount of philosophy and history and, and things like this. And it's one of those things that this is an idea that, that comes through time. I mean, it is one of these ideas that is core and fundamental to us in society. We find the principles of it throughout religions, throughout philosophy, throughout dogma, throughout government, right? This idea of humility. And the piece I was working on when we jumped on the phone, we were talking about social media culture and influencer culture and the proliferation of a lot of things that I would consider not necessarily things that probably should be shared the way that they are. Um, now, granted, this may be the old me you know, or the old person, me going, get off my lawn. But we see a lot of people that I would say often are in dire straits of mental health situations. We see people that are sharing way more than necessarily they probably should be, not because there's not value in people seeing, knowing and understanding it, but that also has repercussions. It also presents great challenges, great risks. And often to the person who is in a point of mental health crisis, um, we see bad actors sometimes that cheer on these mental health issues because they it, it's become the great reality show, right? Um, yeah, I'm going to piss a lot of people off, but really you can look at TikTok. You can look at Instagram reels. You can lo look at a lot of these things as being fundamentally the newest P.T. Barnum freak show for the 21st century. And for everybody that I am about to piss off, I do ask you to go for the entire ride. Let's, let's walk through what all of this means. Because one of the things that we have with this idea of the internet age, and I'm speaking from the perspective of, I'm often talking about how do we build a brand? How do we build a market? How do we build that persona? How do we create ourselves that are out there for people to reach? How do we creatively reach people with the work that we do, the stuff that we do? Because obviously social media is one of the easiest, fastest, and best ways to create an audience. But at the same time, it's one of those places where we can destroy our reputation, destroy ourselves in a heartbeat. It takes a long time to build up a reputation, but it can take only moments or a few words to destroy it. And this is where the risk is with social media. It's the new reality TV, often in 90 seconds or less. So I do a lot of media, you know. A lot of the things that I do, hopefully a lot of it's useful, a lot of it's entertaining. You know, yeah, sometimes I'm just making a jackass myself, but hopefully occasionally there's even something slightly insightful coming out of it or thought provoking. And to look at that Indiana Jones moment, to look at that snippet of the penitent man, right? It's that idea that sometimes... I just choose poorly and we all do, right? There's times we make that error in judgment. There's times that we are being egotistical, prideful. 
Um, sometimes it's just the, what the hell, let's go see what happens. And admittedly, this is one of those things I'm frequently guilty of. But if I wasn't doing some of those things, um, there's a lot of things I've done in life that have been successful and some of them not that I never would have tried. I wouldn't have that experience. So how does that tie to humility, right? It's that how do I go do certain things when I pretty well have an idea that there's no way in hell I can actually do it, but I'm still willing to give it a try, right? Well, I think that humility is one of those keys to facing imposter syndrome. It's one of those things that is a core element to religion, to spirituality, to politics, to business, pretty much to every aspect of life, but not necessarily in the way that I think everybody's probably thinking of when I say the word humility. Um, you know, a lot of the time when I say humility or we hear the word, it's one of those things that we're like, no, that's that's not the way society works anymore. That's not the way the world works of humility. You know, we live in a competitive world. We as creatives, you know, humility often would lead us to not ever reveal our work to the world. We would, as business owners, not make it through a lot of the exercises of going through self-promotion, right? We wouldn't do media. We wouldn't do ads. We wouldn't get work completed, done, and out the door. We'd never show a book, a painting, a song to anybody to potentially appreciate. So, how can humility be a factor if it kind of runs counter to everything that we kind of talk about from a business perspective? Well, and I think part of it is a certain degree of toxicity we've now attached to the word. And I use the term toxicity very intentionally here in the idea that we've corrupted it. There's a, a poisoning that's gone with the word and the idea. You know, we picture humility being somebody that's on the street. Um, somebody that is in dire straits, somebody who we've never heard of. It's somebody that's vulnerable, somebody that's weak. Um, you know, the idea of the meek shall inherit the earth, but you're not going to get a lot of likes and clicks, right? This to me is not true humility. You know, humility often when we look at it in religious terms is, is being the person that, you know, is penitent. It's they're in the dirt. It's that idea of, being submissive, it's the idea of, you know, knowing our betters, right? And no, I don't believe this is what humility is. You know, the origins of the word hum humility and humble linguistically come from um, basically a term in Latin that means to be humble um, and from the earth, right? It's that idea that, you know, from earth we came earth we shall return right but we can also look at it as in another way as to be grounded to be centered as to be anchored in who we are and to be self-aware this is where i think the actual benefit of the word the idea and the lessons of humility come in are in our grounding to the earth our grounding in the time that we have here to do what we can do you know if we can look at ancient philosophers, if we can look at religious thinkers, we can look at even dogma. Um, you know, a lot of these ideas of being submissive to be some, you know, submissive to everything, it's tied into ideas of shame, of guilt, 
um, you know, to be humbled means you've been put in your place, right? This is not a feeling that any of us like or enjoy. There's no joy in somebody humbling you, right? Well, we're told that humility is the opposite of pride, right? It's one of the seven deadly sins. It's what led to the stories of the great fall, right? Um, pride means that we are putting on airs and a face that's not our own, right? That we are trying to do something and be quote unquote better than we are. We're trying to be superior to who we are, right? So we're told that pride is pride is horrible and that to be humble is that great joy in life, right? This is part of the dogma. And I think that part of the problem here is that I'm not looking at humility from that sense of shame and guilt. I'm also not saying that a degree of pride is not a part of humility. You know, when we grow up historically under a monarchy from under churches with great dogma. Yeah, when we look at history, humility is often used as that tool of oppression. This is not what it is to me either. I've taken a very different view of, of what does humility mean to me and from a very philosophical sense. You know, using and stealing kind of the line from C.S. Lewis, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's less of, it's, thinking less about yourself, right? It's thinking about yourself less. It is, humility is the act of knowing who you are, being confident in that person and not having to worry about who you are. And so if you're human, if you do have true humility, you're self-aware, you have self-love, you have self-confidence. And so you're not worried about your own self, your perception of yourself, and you're not worried about what everybody else thinks. And from that place of humility, you then are enabled and empowered to be much more creative, to find great power within yourself and to then share that with others. You know, if you have done this properly, you know who you are, you know where your limits are, you know what you know, you know what you don't know to some extent. And from all of that place, that center and that place of humility, that place of personal power, you then go to test your limits. You then go to stretch that person. You go to try those limits. And part of the way we do that is by living our lives in a way that we're acting as in a service to others. Because if we act in that place of service to others, that reinforces that self sense of self-worth and gratitude that we can have when we develop that central strength that we can help others. You know, if you study the work of psychologist Everett Worthington, um, he does things from a place of gratitude and forgiveness. A lot of it does come from a spiritual base. Um, but it, it all is centered around this idea of having a sense of life that is focused on more than just oneself. It's not being narcissistic. It's about being focused on you and what benefit and value you bring to the world. And his sense of humility, his definition for it breaks down into three parts. The first of which is what is called accurate self-perception. In other words, 
how well do I really know and understand who I am? How well do I value myself? Am I self-loving or self-loathing? And do I see a sense of self-worth? Do I sense that sense of gratitude? And we all have that, that fight, right? We all have various degrees here. But how well do we know ourselves and how well do we know our problems, our challenges, our value problems, so that we can work on those things to grow and improve ourselves? The second factor is that of modest self-portrayal, right? Well, what do we mean by that? It's the idea of the person I share with the world, that persona, that brand. Well, am I doing this from a place of, like we often see with influencers and people in media and stars and things like this, that come out and show themselves to be way bigger than what they are? Or do we show ourselves from that position of confidence and faith and knowing that we are this person and we can show the world what we want to? Because in that, again, comes strength. It's hard to attack the person that's confident in who they are. And last is having an other-oriented relational stance. And what this means is having a focus on others. Once I have taken care of who I am, once I know who I am, I can then function and live a life where I am serving others. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm necessarily serving from anything other than the position of recognizing what do I bring to the world? What value do I bring to the world? What benefits can I offer some people? Because again, I can't serve everyone. If I'm serving, trying to serve everyone, I serve no one. If I serve every master, I serve no master, right? It is very much about knowing what I have to offer, and then reaping those rewards. And while Worthington breaks this down into many sub-genres, sub-levels sub of humility, really that's kind of the core of it, is knowing who you are, knowing what you want to present to the world, and then ultimately knowing through what you present to the world, what you're offering to the world, and being able to do that. And so if we look at this, there's six aspects of this that are important to look at and understand his view of humility. And the first of these is the willingness to actually take a, a truthful look at ourselves, to really be self-reflective and understand our strengths, our weaknesses, our faults, and be willing to work on those things. The second of which is to truthfully and accurately perceive our place in the world right? It's, am I, you know, am I coming at it from a position where I know who I am and where I'm at? Or is it something where I believe I am higher or lower in some strata, in some, you know, social construct? The third part here, and I think this is one of these that is critical, is our ability and willingness to acknowledge our mistakes, our limitations, and also knowing what our strengths are and those weaknesses so that we can help grow. We can decide where are those areas we want to improve on versus, you know, really recognizing where we have certain limitations. For example, I'll never be an NFL linebacker and I'm not really sure I'd want to be, but 
that's a limitation I have. Physically, that will never happen. This old body is never going to get beaten up like that. But having played a bit of that, having gone out and faced some of those challenges, this is a limitation I've tested and no, I don't want to try. Um, the fourth here is one that I think is a challenge for many people. And this is openness, right? It's This is where being genuine comes in. It's that willing to know what we want to share with the world and be that point of, of value. And the next one here is one that we often will sound like it runs counter to much of what we do in business and what we do in creativity. And this is a low self-focus. What I interpret out of this idea of the low self-focus is not being self-centered. It means don't be narcissistic. There is a degree of narcissism that is healthy for every one of us because we have to do the things to take care of ourselves. We have to do the things that allow us to push through and share and create and do these things. But it's also having that focus. The reason we do these things is because we are bringing our value to the world. We're not doing these things purely for our own benefit. We are doing things with the idea that our creativity, the things that we bring to our customers, the services we offer, the things that we do to improve the world, we do them for that greater good knowing that we will reap the benefit from that if we allow ourselves to. And the last step here then feeds off of that, which is an appreciation for the value of everything, of all things, the value of life, the value of creativity. Even if it's something we don't necessarily agree with, if it's something we don't, you know, we still have to appreciate what brings ideas, what brings events and actions into the world we have to recognize that even in some of the most challenging and trying times, the most challenging and trying things, there's a lesson in that. And often the lesson we, we gain from this is recognizing that often people who do things that challenge us, they're not coming from a position of self-worth or self-value. And so when that happens, we can then face that challenge ourselves because we have that strength of self. Now, a lot of this would sound very opposite to a lot of the things I talk about, right? A lot of the studies presented in exact opposite of being an individualist, right? I, I'm a firm believer in the individual, in the value of the individual. And there is a certain degree of truth because again, Worthington's teachings are much from that societal view, that, that cultural view, that much larger picture view. But in all of that is still another side of this. And this is the value of being an individual. This is where I seek that idea of balance. Humility is something that when we look at ourselves as the individual, there's great value here because that humility helps keep us in check. Because if we've developed that true humility, that self centeredness and self-worth and self-love from a position of, I know who I am, I know what I can do, and I know what I want to try based on that skill set and based on my experience and based on what I've done so far, I then have the strength to move forward and try something new, the next thing. And in this is the idea of balance. There is great value in knowing yourself 
as an individual. We all have our uniqueness we offer to the world. And as creatives, especially for creatives, this is our secret sauce. Being true to one's own self and having that sense of knowing, of being, of believing, of self-trust, of self-faith. And knowing that we have those senses of self-doubt, that sense of balance allows us to test ourselves, to create more, to create better. And knowing that we're doing these things, not only in a sense of serving ourselves, you know, we all create for ourselves first, but we're also creating for the people that will enjoy it, that will appreciate it, that will grow and learn from it that will gain experience from the creative work that we do. When we do things from this position of service to ourselves and to others, we then get to focus on what we're sharing with the world. And then we can appreciate the benefits and the rewards that we'll reap from that service. You know, I'll quote Nick, um, artist Nicholas Wilton, um, you know, he, he has a great quote on what he learned, uh, what humility has taught him about art and confidence and creativity. And he says, my confidence comes not from the fact that I'll put something off, but from knowing my discernment, my ability to improvise and to into, uh, intuitively choose what to do next is keen. I trust this ability now more than ever. The toast usually lands butter side up, but if it doesn't, there are a gazillion ways to reframe it to flip it or to simply butter the other side. You know, that's a level of confidence that says, I have art, I have something to share with the world. Sometimes it doesn't work out exactly like I wanted to, but I have the strength and the knowledge that I can either try to fix it or that I'm going to create something even better, though it may be different from what I planned on. You know, I've found that in much of my life, much of my experience. If I try to do something purely simply for myself, I'm trying to do it from that selfish point of view, it doesn't work. Um, I don't find benefit from it. I don't find joy in it. And I won't do what it takes to make something work. If I'm trying to do something purely for a financial project or purely from the self of, of a self-centered aspect, it doesn't work. But to be successful, if I'm doing something and I, I'm doing something because I recognize the value that I'm offering to others, the value they may perceive and receive from what I'm doing, then it tends to be much more successful. You know, yeah, you got to make sure your best basics are covered, right? Um, you know, if you're coming at things from a survival mode, if you are trying to just get through to tomorrow, we've all been in this situation it's really hard to thrive, right? If you're in a position where I just need to make sure that the rent is paid next week, I just need to know where the next meal is coming from. If you're truly in that survival mode, no, it's really hard. And this is often a humbling experience when you're in that position. And this is a lesson that all of us also likely will learn at some point in time where something is going to happen. And it never feels good, right? But when these humbling lessons happen, when we are in that survival mode, when we get out of it, if we have done and acted 
as ethically as we can. And we've acted from that center of self and we've grown and learned from the experience. We get to gain true humility from that. We get to find the lesson and the truth in the pain or the challenge. You know, if we are acting where we allow nothing but anger and rage and pain to cloud our judgment and we're acting in that position where we're just really trying to survive to that next second. We can act in ways that will have very long-term repercussions for us. But if we can come through these, these challenging times, these times of trial where we can learn the lesson in the moment, we can gain true humility from the experience. You know, humility this view where you know and you trust in yourself because you've survived whatever that challenge, that trial is. One that now tells you that if you can act in that position of service to others and you can act in service to the people that are around you, your family, your friends, your customers, your fans, well, if you can get to that point, you'll find those rewards come back to you many fold. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a bunch of work here. I'm not saying that also we may have to put on that that strong face of bravado, right? We sometimes have to act where we are looking to impress others. But that can still come from a place of humility. Because if we are true to ourselves and we know our strengths, when we are having and coming and presenting forward that face of knowledge, of experience, well, other people will sense that as well. It is not prideful to be truthful. And you can have pride in the work that you do and that not being something that is in conflict with humility. Because if you truly are and have pride in the work that you do and you have pride in the person that you are, that pride is what feeds that humility. It's what feeds that sense of strength so that you tr know and trust in yourself. You love yourself. You have confidence and faith in yourself. And others will sense that about you. And others can then genuinely connect with you, right? Think about all the things that we do on social media. Think about this podcast. Think about stars, celebrities, people that we feel like we have a connection with, even if we will never meet those people, right? Well, if we do all of these things as ourselves and we built that sense of self-trust of self-worth of self-love we can then have the tool set to help combat those times where we deal with self-loathing or self-hate mental health issues you know it's hard it's all part of the work and we all face these things at times we all face challenges we all face trials tribulations we all struggle humility is a part of that toolkit to reflect not on the negative, not to reflect on these trials and tribulations, but to realize that when we face these challenges in life, to discover that we have skills, we have knowledge, we have experience to build on. You know, like I said last week, one of the earliest lessons I got was experience is what you have five minutes after you needed it. And that's the way all of us learn. You know, we all have unique experiences to share with the world. We have the ability to help others 
And if we are operating from a way that we're helping and serving others, we all can heal and grow and find that confidence and faith in ourselves. Humility is not wallowing in a pit when life's a shit show. Humility is not sitting there and allowing ourselves to be beaten down. That's just way too easy to sit there and, and just wallow in it. Humility is getting up and growing, making and working on improving ourselves. It's getting past that survival point. It's when the time is right, if we have survived those, those trials, those tribulations, if we've gone through those challenges, we then have experience and a toolkit and now we have the ability to help others, to serve others, to help pull people from the positions we've been in before and say, no, I've been there. And here's how we get past that. And it is a moment of we. This is the humility. This is that point of being in service to others. If we take experiences, positive and negative, and we don't find the lesson in them, then we, we're not humble. We don't have true humility. We either are coming then and trying to be truly prideful and you know say, oh, well, this is what I've done. This is how I've done it. It's all in the language we use. It's all in the ways that we act. You know, humility to me is, and this is a lesson that I continue to try to learn because again, there are times I am definitively not humble. But <clears throat> when we when we look at and focus on the lessons that life inevitably is going to teach each and every one of us, because there's times that it's going to smack the shit out of us. But at the same time, you know, I love to drag out my telescope. I love to look at the night skies. You know, when we look up and see an infinite sea of stars, you know, when we look at pictures taken from satellites, how can you not have a certain degree of humility? How can you not look and have that thought of this little speck right here in the entirety of the universe is really inconsequential and yet may trigger a little bit of existential dread for a moment or two. But once you get past that, once you realize that ultimately we're sitting on one tiny speck in the universe and we're only one small blip in time in that one small speck of the universe. Once you kind of realize that, that is humbling. That is a point where we can take from that, again, existential dread and ask, why does any of it matter? Or we can take from that and say, I can make it matter. It may not matter in a thousand years, but it can matter to the person that enjoys what I do today or the person that gains value or experience or something it may only last a few moments, or it may be something that affects them for the rest of their lifetime. This is where humility is power. Humility is us looking and knowing that we are that one small spot in the universe. We are that momentary blip, and we can have an impact on other momentary blips that are around us. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world today, right now. Yes, it can feel like we're in a position of true existential crisis. Not a damn thing you can do about it. 
what we can do is face these trials, these tribulations with a point of self-strength, self-love, and with humility. And go out and face it and know that we're going to continue doing our work. We're going to continue creating. We're going to continue to express what we have in us because that is what helps everyone else in the world as well. Because we're going to find those people that find joy, that find value, that are educated by, entertained by, that find an escape from the shit show that the world is today. If they can find that momentary escape or that momentary sense of joy, that momentary sense of being in something we've created, then we've done what we're here to do. So I'm going to wrap this up with kind of one last little quote. Um, and this is from Allison Louise Kennedy. Have more humility. Remember, you don't know the limits of your own abilities. Successful or not, if you keep pushing beyond yourself, you will enrich your own life and maybe even please a few strangers. So until next week, this has been Creating Pros and I'm your host, Jim Nettles.